Hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Queen Chat, the podcast, which is an honest approach into looking into the mental health of pageant queens to show that we're not just a glitter and glam. Of course, a trigger warning, there will be subjects talked about, which is in the header of this episode. Uh, so if there's anything that triggers you, if you're not feeling in the right mental health space, uh, I do suggest uh, skipping this episode and coming back when you're ready um, or skipping all together because we know that different triggers are for different people. Um, so first of all, if I could get the lovely lady who we will be interviewing today to say her name and her pageant title for me. Hello, my name is Charlie Smith and I'm a current finalist for Miss Wigan and Northwest Beauty. So that's exciting. Um, is this your first pageant or have you competed? Um, no, it's not. It's actually my sixth on stage. Oh. No, it's not. It's my seventh on stage pageant. Um, so, yeah. So not not quite a newbie. Um, that's good and exciting. Um, and when are your pageant finals? Um, May. I can't remember the exact date, which is not very good. I think it might be the 18th or something, but I know it's in May. Well, I would say it probably won't be the 18th because I think that's a Wednesday and that's only because um, it was a Monday. It's only because my birthday is that week and yeah, my birthday is midweek, so... Oh, yeah, my birthday, yeah, actually, it wouldn't be, would it? Because my birthday is the 21st and that's a Friday or something. Yeah, there we go. We are, there's tw- two Tauruses on the line. Wait, no. Oh, you, are you a Gemini? You're on the borderline? I am, I'm a Gemini. We're a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just a stereotype of Gemini. Um, yes, because because there's always that little change for astro- people who are into astrology. I mean, I don't know much, but I know the cusp because I know on the nineteenth it's it's right there. So I think yeah. I look at the horoscopes and I'm go, hmm, the Taurus isn't giving me anything. So let's look at the Gemini. Is there anything good in that section? Oh, uh, <laughs> so of course we are talking about um mental health and especially for the pageantry side because a lot of people see the crowns the slashes the gorgeous gowns um but you know being in the pageant industry you know that there's so much more than that um and there are real people with real feelings you know we are all human um and we all go through different battles every day and since starting this podcast it's been I'd say really nice, but um, (laughs) not so nice as well to know that people have gone through the same stuff you have gone through. Um, You know, there's that feeling of sisterhood, um, even through bonding trauma. Um, But could you just uh, give us uh, an explanation into your mental health? So talk about when you felt something wasn't quite right. Um, Just talk to us about that journey. Um, To be fair, it's honestly actually quite complicated. Like, looking back, I'd say, like, I struggled from, like, the age of 13, but I guess it wasn't really, like, massively picked up on. Like, I think a lot of people knew that there was something wrong that wasn't quite right, but it was just never, like, really looked into. Um, But then when I was 17, I took an overdose and was on my way to college and got driven to, like, A&E and... You know, I had to speak to someone and I was like, no, I won't do it again. It's fine. Like, I just want to go home. Like, I'm tired. Um, and, you know, eventually, after hours and hours, they let me go home after I was like, I'm not going to do it again. Um, about less than a month later, I did it again. 
and I couldn't explain why and you know this was now like three years ago and I still can't even explain why I did what I did um that time I ended up in hospital for a week just before my 18th birthday um and then I was actually diagnosed with BPD when I was 18 but I actually only found out when I was 19 because I guess at the time I was told I was out of it and didn't remember um so I found out during lockdown that I'd been diagnosed with BPD and was just like I don't even know what that is like whatever we move but ignore that side of life um so it's more recently like with my relationship I've noticed that things are difficult and everything's up and down and I was like you know what maybe I should look into this a bit more and speak to other people which is what I've done and you know like I say now I'm 20 and I'm just trying to come to terms with what BPD is and get a better understanding of what's going on in my brain I guess. Yeah so you mentioned about BPD so borderline personality disorder um for those who don't know the terms (laughs) yeah Um, so no I mean especially when you talk about mental health there's so many things that are shortened and I'm like oh what's that what's that um but I do know that diagnosis very well um because I'm currently going through a diagnosis myself um Mm. and I have an amazing pageant friend who I actually met when I was competing in Paris um and she has a huge TikTok following she has um BPD and they she goes she has so many informative videos it's it's incredible um Mm. so how did the doctor diagnose that? Because, of course, we talked about the um, overdoses, which, of course, is a serious thing. And we all know yeah. that, like, I won't do it again, I won't do it again. But, of course, you know, we, you still have to go through that process of, you know, um, mental health checks and, and things like that. And sometimes it can't be explained, um, you know. It's an impulse thing, which is um, one of the things of BPD, actually, is, is very impulsive on some decisions and yeah talk about how that diagnosis happened um honestly like like I said I didn't even know that I was diagnosed until like a year later so and I think that's why like when I found out I was like well who's come to this conclusion like why have you come to this conclusion so what's all I can really go off is the fact that I'd taken two unexplained overdoses very quickly and like I said I I couldn't explain it I was like I don't know I just did it like I don't know why not and mm. um, yeah I guess that's that and I guess obviously you know they tried to obviously put me in counselling which I was very adamant against um mm. but you know like I was told to go to a few sessions and I guess you know maybe certain things that I'd said or something I guess was certain traits of BPD and I guess that's obviously how they've come to it but honestly like I say I didn't even know until a year later and it's just mad <laughs> it's weird so did they make the diagnosis but not tell you? Well, the it's weird. I phoned my doctor during lockdown, well, just after mm. lockdown, about anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and my doctor was like, we can see that you've been diagnosed with BPD. Like, are you sure that you're not, like, depressed or whatever? And I was mm. just like, what? And I was like, I didn't, I didn't know this. So I don't know if it is that they told me and I forgot or they told me I didn't care and I was just in a bit of that random mood where I was like, I don't care what you say, I don't want to be here. Or if, mm. you know, they'd wrote it down after I'd left and just I never saw them again because I didn't go back or what. I have no idea. Yeah, it's really it's really strange because, of course, you said about the counselling. Did you did you take the counselling in or did you not go? Is that what you said? or? Um, well, I had counselling when I was in yeah. high school when I was 15. Okay. And 
that was like for the fact that I had eating issues in high school but then something mm. else came out through that counselling which made and the council reported it which I guess okay was right I... but you know I disagree um and for that reason like I've never wanted to go back to counselling because I've guess I've not trusted them because I didn't feel mm. she had a need to tell someone else um so then it when anything else has happened I've been off in counselling I'm like I don't want to do it I don't want to do it like I don't trust you I don't like you I don't want to do it but I do think that my mum was like go just go for three sessions if you don't like after that fine so I went and you know I did the bare minimum and I was like I've had enough I think I went to two sessions and I was like I don't like yet it's not helping I don't want to do this and that was it (laughs) yeah because it's it's hard because of course as a therapist if there is something that would be you know life-changing or life life threatening I would say then yes there's a need to divulge but the thing is therapy is not for everyone with everything there's so many different ways of how to not not say control our mental health but to kind of keep it under check and to kind of understand it all and you know I've won I was suggested therapy and I never went because I was like there are things that are buried deep deep down that Mm. I don't want to escape just because you've got to relive it all over again and process it. I know it's healthy to process yeah. things. And as you get older and as you start to learn more about your mental health, you kind of set your own boundaries and things like that. Because you said you said you're in a relationship. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've learned of, you know, certain boundaries and, and how you act and certain things like that, like things that might be uh, a trigger. How do you help your mental health if you're, not in the best mood or if you're feeling particularly down as you said you have anxiety like if an anxiety is coming on um honestly I think like the being in a relationship is one of the hardest things for me personally Mm. with my mental health because I think that like I don't know the right way to put this around um I just think that my, my relationship, like my relationship's fine. I just want to make that clear, but you know, I think it is like it sets me off. Like we can, everything can be fine, but then my brain will be like, no, something's wrong. Like he doesn't love you anymore. He doesn't like you. You're ugly and things like this. And then I'll like constantly feel like I'm fighting myself over like, do I ask him if he still loves me when I know that he does, and that's going to annoy him, or do I just sit and feel like he doesn't? And then it's just constant like arguing. But I think that with myself is I think I try to ride things out because I do kind of think that if something is going to happen or if you feel in a certain way that it's best to let that feeling happen because feelings are so valid and if you are going to cry then cry there's no point fighting it because at some point it's going to come out and it's going to be 10 times worse you know there has been times like one of my friends is um great and you know like I just, I'm just lucky that I have got people that I can just sit there and cry to and they're just gonna look at me and be like all right okay it's all right they're there kind of thing yeah no and when you're describing your like the feelings um that is a big um BPD trait of you know that suddenly change of they don't like you anymore they're doing this they're doing that um no it, it's you can't explain it but it's just a big switch you can be having such a great day and then suddenly bam like yeah life changes but yes when you said about crying honestly crying is so valid I have a cry playlist and it makes me laugh when I'm doing pageant coaching because I'll go down my playlist and it's like 
Spugs are Einstein's like playlist, and then it's like crying. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> They'd be like, "What?" Because I had um, I had an ex, my second ex fiance, and he used to make me feel so bad for crying. And now I know that I don't cry too much. Depends, depends on the mood. Um, <laughs> but um, I know that it's okay to let those feelings out and to not bottle it because it's not a sign of weakness. Even though I don't like crying for other people, but that's mainly because I'm really awkward. And it's like I don't know what to do when people are crying for me. Obviously, I know what to do with my yeah. daughter and my friends. I just like give them a tap or you know say that they're a bad bitch and carry on like Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know but um it's so so valid so of course about talking about your feelings is there anything that you do for self-care um you said obviously you don't do therapy that but is like exercise or any activities um that help you um honestly it's probably gonna sound really bad and unhelpful to other people but no (laughs) Um, <laughs> I am like I think that you know like I said like I've kind of only found out quite recently about the BPD and anxiety is something that you know I can kind of like deal with because it's like you know it's an intimate thing or I can see or I know what's causing that whereas with BPD and things it is like you said like you can be fine and then you're just not and you're gone and it's like because I've not had time to understand it I feel like when I'm yeah. in that kind of like down moment I'm like too negative to think of something that could potentially make me happier and you know sometimes like I will I'll just like there's been times where I've just faced my boyfriend so it's like I can't cry like we're just gonna face someone I can look at him and it's all fine or you know even speaking to other friends or family or sometimes I'll just go sit in the front room with my mum so it's like I'm doing something I can occupy my ma- mind on speaking to my mum about something completely different or watching tv or whatever but I think for the most of it, it is that I just let it happen sit and have that debate with myself or sit and cry or whatever yeah because sometimes the mind dissociates so you know you, you take yourself out of that situation without having to like face it um and mm. as you said <clears throat> your mind goes somewhere else um I have it all the time there's so many things I do so many projects I have like this this is one of my many projects within pageantry um and then you sit down you're like oh wait no I can't process that just yet let's do something else and then yeah um, but yeah not everyone everyone has different things you know for me it's exercise and I think pageantry pageantry really helped me with my mental health not just learning about different mental health conditions and you know with these stories getting to share them and and talk because it's so important to talk about our mental health because this there is still mm-hmm. such a stigma, especially within males. I know there are some males that do listen to this, um, because you get to see the little chart when you do your, when you do your podcast that shows you like where the listeners are from, and it's really exciting. Um, <laughs> mm. the, the geek in me loves that. Um, but yeah, there are male, females, and non-binary who listen. So thank you for those who are listening. Um, but yeah, pageantry really helped me. So the big question I ask um, everyone on here is, has pageantry helped or hindered your mental health? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd say both. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there has been times where it has definitely, like, put a downer, but then at the same time, pageantry has genuinely saved my life. And I know that it sounds cliche when people hear that, they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, but genuinely pageantry saved my life <laughs> it's not a joke so no. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um I I completely agree with the sentiment of um it has saved your life like 
the same with me like I was in a really dark place after like my second fiance wow I'm not gonna go into too much detail but like pageantry really got me back into that it got me more confident about myself and but that, that is the thing as well when we say it can help and it can hinder as well because no journey is ever smooth especially with learning to deal with your mental health because everyone has mental health you know whether it's just good or bad like mm-hmm. everyone has it um yeah it's never a smooth journey <laughs> we'd love it to all be rainbows and butterflies but it's not and the same with pageantry there's going to be times where you just feel a bit crap to be honest that's what I mean yep and that's completely normal like um we all know that and I think that it's it's time to be a bit more honest with ourselves that pageantry is a great thing but there's also a darkness to it um it's just I guess how we process it um so of course you're competing next May do you have anything exciting um in the lead up to it or is it just appearances and interviews and just pageant planning um it's obviously like a lot of pageant planning fundraisers and things like that and obviously hoping to get to as many events as I can now that we're allowed out which hopefully that sticks otherwise I'm not going to be a very happy bunny but that's a different story um but yeah you know like I did um Jessica Logan's warrior pageant um a couple mm-hmm. months back so it's just nice to kind of get back out and be on stage and see other people because I think that that's something that obviously has affected us all during lockdown is that we've not been able to see loved ones not being able to get out and have fun whereas obviously now we're starting to be able to be ourselves and do good in the world and things like that and it's just nice it is and I I love that I get to go out but I always feel like the first like the first big event after everything it, you always feel a bit anxious about it as well because mm. there's another extra worry on pageantry of oh am I going to get COVID like oh like great you plan all your outfits and then suddenly a positive result although I very I say very lucky I got COVID like when I wasn't competing <laughs> it's not lucky at mm-hmm. all um <laughs> um but yeah it's another additional worry but I'm super excited for things to open up properly let's get over this winter and let's see so hopefully may you'll have a crown on your head which would be super exciting um so tell everyone how um they can follow your social media journey um i have a facebook page um which is hmm, charlie smith hyphen miss wigan stroke northwest finalist 2022 (laughs) quite long (laughs) Yeah, sometimes our fingers need to work out typing on the keyboard. You can't all have a shortened name. It's all good. Um, so just Facebook, yeah? Um, yeah, then I do have Instagram, which is just Charlie X Blossom X. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing your journey with us. Is there anything you'd like to add before we finish today? Um, I just think it's important to just say that if anyone's struggling just to reach out to someone that you trust because there's no harm in it and people care people care more than what you think definitely a million percent yeah it's very hard to open I feel that if you can't open up to someone you trust because you know sometimes the mental health um conditions can prevent you from trusting people at certain yeah point. um there are so many helplines obviously we talk about the Samaritans mind um depends obviously if you're an lgbtqa plus in that community there's switchboard and um, which is mm. trained to deal with mental health crisis um within the community yeah there's so many and it, there'll be information attached on this episode as well um but yes yeah, so important to reach out um 
you never know as you said you said that they care more than you think you know um yeah honestly reach out because I said there's always that thing of you know rather than it being too late um especially with yourself as you've you know you've dealt with like the overdoses and things like that mm. um, so you you kind of know both sides if you get what I mean yeah yeah so it's I mean, it's not nice to have that experience but you kind of know what people are going through um so <laughs> there's there's comfort in pain if that's yeah definitely way. yeah it's the best way to describe it <laughs> um well thank you so so much for speaking to me today thanks for having me